Brake Fix's History of Motorsports series is brought to you in part by the International Motor Racing Research Center, as well as the Society of Automotive Historians, the Watkins Glen Area Chamber of Commerce, and the Argetsinger family. Formula A, the SCCA's gift to the world, by Trevor Lister. Trevor holds degrees from the University of Canterbury in mechanical engineering and physics. On graduation, he joined the New Zealand Ministry of Transport, setting and administrating automotive safety standards. This includes standards and protocols for the use of gaseous fuels, like CNG and LPG, in motor vehicles. He served as the New Zealand delegate to the International Association for Natural Gas Vehicles. This led to, this led to consulting in Southeast Asia and South America. He has built and raced competition cars, as well as served as safety scrutineer for Motorsport New Zealand and occasionally as clerk of the course for motorsport events. Now retired from active racing, he serves as editor for the newsletters for the Classic Motor Racing Club in New Zealand. In the late 1960s, New Zealand motor racing found itself in a bind. A few years earlier, the Tasman formula had been written to keep the local fleet of older 2.5-liter ex-Formula 1 cars in play. But now the more modern Formula 2 and even a few of the national Formula 1600cc cars were embarrassing the older ones. Visiting cars from Europe were either bigger-engined or new designs for the upcoming 3-liter Formula 1 with capacity-reduced engines, leaving Motorsport New Zealand with a dilemma. Whichever way you looked at it, it was going to be expensive. The SCCA appeared to have come to the same conclusion, with a 1967 amendment to their Formula A allowing stock block engines. The gate was open for others to do the same. At the last SCCA race of 1968, SCCA teams were approached by the New Zealand delegation to demonstrate their cars in New Zealand. Four teams took up the challenge, and the Kiwis liked the look of it. Within the year, Formula A was a mainstream category with championships for it unfolding in Europe, South Africa, and the Tasman countries. This presentation looks at the nitty-gritty of that first Kiwi Formula A race as seen through the eyes of the presenter in 1968. My name is Trevor Lister. I've been in and around motorsport for a long time. In 1968, I was a lad of 19 at a brand new track in the then small town of Mount Monganui. I had a job to do setting up the dummy grid and getting the cars out to the start line in good order. This on the occasion of New Zealand's first contact with Formula A, when a group of four SCCA race teams travelled to our track in late 1968 to showcase their cars. This is my first-hand account of that visit, with a bit of help from some photographs that had languished, thought lost, in a box in a closet for 60 years before re-emerging and giving me the impetus to prepare this paper. In 1967, the SCCA had amended the technical criteria for their single-seat racing Formula cars, Formula A. It was now possible to use either a race engine with a maximum capacity of 3 litres or a 5-litre stock block. On the face of it, a small change, but one that changed New Zealand motorsport and then went on to change the world, one step at a time. New Zealand and Australia historically had invited Northern Hemisphere teams to come racing on the sunny south during the winter along with the opportunity to sell their obsolescent cars to their southern cousins. This racing was on an ad hoc Formula Libra basis, a situation addressed by the Tasman Formula in 1964 that adopted the recently departed late 50s 2.5 litre Formula 1, a decision that kept the older local cars in play, but not for long. A scant three years on and the 2.5s of the local fleet were being challenged by a new strain of 1600cc Formula 2 cars along with even the best of our national Formula 1500cc cars challenging the, the bigger old ones. Change was in the air. 
Mount Monganui was then, and still is, the dormitory village for the big city across the bay. Doubled as a holiday resort town in summer, and a mecca for surfers in most of the year. The local car club set out to capture a part of that market, firstly trying out an around-the-house race meeting in 1964, but finding that the local roads were not up to the job, and if a racetrack was to be built, it would have to be a new one on a standalone basis. The place was found and purpose-built track opened on December 1967, but over one and a half miles of it, a long back straight, one leg with a sweeping return and a tight bend. On the face of it, a power track, but in practice, not necessarily so. On the twisty bits, these small cars made up most of what they lost on the straights. Racing was always close and tight, and the spectators loved it. This provided the local car club, being both the track builder and the race organiser, with a fortuitous captive audience for just this time of the year, and a newly built track to accommodate them. By late 68, the track had progressed uh, from hosting local events through to uh, national championship races and was ready to go international. And that first big summer crowd was in for a real treat. Come they did on the 28th of December 1968. 38,000 of them to crowd out the track and the new breed of race car. There is an adage that says that spectator sports need appeal and attendance to survive and the new track did that in spades. The club aimed high and approached was made to the SCCA and a deal made. Four SCCA Formula A teams came to New Zealand in that December. A car club delegation had been present at the end of season SCCA race meeting at Laguna Seca in October 1968 and four teams had put their hands up to make the trip down under. Grable, Phillips, McMillan and Ramsey. The who and the how of this delegation is not stated. Seems to be a bit of a mystery. These old eyes note that the end-of-season SCCA Formula A race on 13 October was a scant one day after the washed-out 12 October Can-Am race. And there were plenty of Kiwis at Laguna Seca that weekend. So the club's delegation may have been enhanced, Denny Holm in particular having a close relationship with the club. However, it panned out, getting these cars to New Zealand was a very tight schedule indeed. And essentially the visit itself was as much a demonstration as a race and what a demonstration it was. A spectacle not to be missed, ask any of us that were there. The foundation cars for the existing Tasman series were essentially pre-61 2.5 litre X Formula 1 cars. And these had been standard fare for the past few years but were no longer competitive against the big engine X 1.5 litre Formula 1 cars that were now turning up. The second generation Tasman cars were both effective and expensive. It was time for a change but what too? Formula A provided the answer. Exciting and affordable cars you could make at home. And for the first year, the stock block Formula A cars and the 2.5 litre racing cars shared the same grids. The next year was even better. The stock block V8s had taken over with nigh on two-thirds of the field being Formula A cars with a sprinkling of local builds and drivers from all over. By this time, Formula A was becoming worldwide and popping up everywhere. The first hybrid Tasman season fell to a big X Formula 2 Ferrari, but that was the last time that this happened. From then on, it was Formula A all the way. Five things had made that possible. The falling competitiveness of the existing domestic fleet, the unwillingness of the Tasman series organisers to release signed-up drivers for non-championship events, the willingness of the SCCA teams to demonstrate their cars, 
and the very existence of the new track itself. A generous prize pool did not hurt. Reflecting the uh, multi-usage nature of the venue, the car paddock doubled as a speedway for motorcycle and midget racing. Concerns were expressed that the Formula A cars would be so much quicker than the domestic cars that they would serve as a racing danger, a storm in a teapot, as the domestic fleet was quite capable of running with the new boys on the block. Grable, as the best of the A's, took a second or so off the lap record in practice, but the field behind was well mixed between domestics and the new boys. The whole of grid time split between the domestic Tasman Formula cars and the Formula A ones was in the order of two seconds, and Grable went on to take the race on it. But second place went to a 1600cc Formula 2 car. And the best years of Kiwi motorsport were about to begin. The following year, Grable and Phillips returned for another run at Bay Park. Grable with his wedge-bodied McLaren and Phillips to drive a local car. Add in Campbell's Force Greenie and Goth's Surtees, Simpsons Eagles and a lot of Aussies warming up for the Tasman Series races. Formula A was here to stay. And uh, where did they go? Three of the four 68 cars went home, but the ISART stayed for a little while and it had been damaged in a late race incident. Repairs were made locally and the car reappeared in late September 1969 in time for a couple of shakedown races before rejoining its buddies at the next Big Bay Park meeting, again in late December. This time, Formula A cars from the United States, Australia, Europe and New Zealand, including the local builds, made up more than half of the entry list. Formula A was here to stay for a while, a good while. But all good things have got to come to an end. And that end, around 76 or so in New Zealand, was when the cycle of obsolescence and challenge and replacement clicked over one more time. By happy coincidence, the challenger this time was another SCCA or shoot. This time the Formula B morphed into an international arrangement called Formula Atlantic and down under Formula Pacific. The siblings had pushed the old boys out of the nest. The 5,000 and the Pacifics could race together, but with a 6% handicap added into the uh, Formula A's elapsed time at the end of a race. An undeserved indignity that the driver that won each and every race on the track that year was not in the end declared as the winner of the national championship. Formula A was marvellous. Us old fellows now stand around for the next Nostalgia series of racing. We still say, well... So do the kids. Thank you. Thank you, SCCA. Thank you very, very much. This episode is brought to you in part by the International Motor Racing Research Center. Its charter is to collect, share, and preserve the history of motorsports, spanning continents, eras, and race series. The center's collection embodies the speed, drama, and camaraderie of amateur and professional motor racing throughout the world. The center welcomes serious researchers and casual fans alike to share stories of race drivers, race series, and race cars captured on their shelves and walls and brought to life through a regular calendar of public lectures and special events. To learn more about the center, visit www.racingarchives.org. This episode is also brought to you by the Society of Automotive Historians. They encourage research into any aspect of automotive history. The SAH actively supports the compilation and preservation of papers, organizational records, print ephemera and images to safeguard, as well as to broaden and deepen the understanding of motorized, wheeled land transportation through the modern age and into the future. For more information about the SAH, visit www.autohistory.org.
We hope you enjoyed another awesome episode of Break Fix Podcast, brought to you by Grand Tory Motorsports. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or get involved, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Grand Touring Motorsports. And if you'd like to learn more about the content of this episode, be sure to check out the follow-on article at gtmotorsports.org. We remain a commercial-free and no annual fees organization through our sponsors, but also through the generous support of our fans, families, and friends through Patreon. For as little as $2.50 a month, you can get access to more behind-the-scenes action, additional pit stop minisodes, and other VIP goodies, as well as keeping our team of creators fed on their strict diet of Fig Newtons, Gumby Bears, and Monster. So consider signing up for Patreon today at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. And remember, without you, none of this would be possible.